Welcome on to the Esports Network podcast. Have a very special double interview today. A lot of uh, talking will be going on the next hour or so. Well, be, that won't be like an hour long. I promise. It's not going to be that long. I'm Kevin, I'm Kevin Correa. Follow me on Twitter at Correa24. Follow uh, at Esports Network as well. They'll be posting some great articles from time to time, updating you on the latest events, stuff like that. You know, we're just, we're, it's casual here. We're keeping it chill, keeping it cool, and joining me keeping it cool and, ch- and casual. I've got Natasha Manger, Content Operations Manager here at Esports Network. How you doing, Natasha? Hello, I'm doing okay. Joined with, uh, with her, of course, is Justin Amin, Editor-in-Chief and Team Lead at Esports Network. Justin, what's up? What's up, my man? Hey, Kevin. How's it going? It's going good. You know, it's, um, it's been a long weekend. Um, I've got no rest. I've, I've had a, a, a six-month, five-month-old baby coming at both ends, fluids. It's not very fun. But I've got you two coming out of both of my ears, which is better than coming out of her ends. Thank you guys for coming out. <laughs> oh, man. But anyways, uh, you guys both work at the Esports Network. You are now my, my new coworkers. I get to say that new coworkers. Is, is that okay to say? Yeah, definitely. You're one of the it's been team. A couple weeks. Kind of old now, man. I mean, <laughs> it never wears off, right? <laughs> but for the most part, you guys, uh, I'm going to uh, hit Natasha first with this one. Uh, what exactly do you do at Esports Network? And like, what's your role? What's your day-to-day look like? Like, from you wake up, you do some work. What does that work? What does that work exactly? <laughs> so I guess in as simple terms as I can put it, uh, I work on just creating a path to give us as much viewership as possible, um, along with making sure that the content that we're putting out on a daily basis uh, is actually viewable. <laughs> so I guess I use my previous skills as a streaming operations engineer to make sure that we get a live stream out on a weekly basis, along with trying to encode it into different types of formats for different platforms like TikTok or Instagram. Um, but I also work on our social media handles. So I work directly um, on Twitter, posting random memes, uh, <laughs> trying to get out some news, that kind of thing. But I also work, li- work directly uh, with the Gamer Hour director, Travis, um, and we come up with the type of content that will be on the Gamer Hour show. Um, and I also work with David, our editor, to make sure that our edits come out looking clean and that the show is ready to go. Awesome. So we're, we're to blame you for the memes that are popping up on the account every day? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, goodness. Justin's going to have something to say about that. Justin, your role, <laughs> editor-in-chief, team lead at Esports Network. What does your day-to-day look like? So as my title states sufficiently, I'm the editor. As Esports Network started out as primarily a news business, still is, and I oversee all that content. I try to make sure our articles come out spiffy or well-written, um, edit everything through the SEO, the writing itself, featured image, whatever. So I make sure all that goes smoothly. I also help manage our massive community of freelance reporters. And as a startup company, I got to flex in and help in wherever is needed. That's how it is. It's, that's, that's just how it works out when these startups are just kind of, uh, you know, uh, bring on freelancers, like you said, and otherwise people like me. Because you were yeah, you were part of the interview. I'm pretty sure, unless it was some other Justin Amin. I was I there. I was there. That's right. Our he, manager. That's over, right. Really he also took used, the lead on all that. You also use words like spiffy, and, you know, that's, I'm sure that, that goes into the editing process as well. <laughs> 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 so, Natasha, uh, I want to start basically on your path. You've had a storied uh, resume, not just in esports, but outside of esports, working in, uh, you know, film photography, stuff like that. Uh, how did you get to be a content operations manager? Obviously, is that something you exactly study for in college? It's not something that you kind of 
you know, apply for directly, but how did you get to that point? <laughs> so I guess uh, it, it wasn't really something that I studied in school. What I actually studied in school was uh, I thought I was going into camera operation, um, but I ended up going into journalism and um, that kind of thing. So I ended up dropping out of university after two years and then joining a different university in America um, called the New York Film Academy, which taught me all about camera operations, um, working a camera, uh, editing, that kind of thing. Um, but I started off in 2009 when I was about 15, oh, wow. um, working on game battles, which was owned by Major League Gaming at the time. Um, and working there for about five months, I ended up becoming uh, a part of the head staff that led some of the Call of Duty arenas at the time. Um, I ended up doing that for about three or four years while I was finishing up school. And just about uh, at the end of my path with university, um, they hit me back up and asked if I wanted to join uh, the streaming operations team uh, at MLG after they had been purchased by Activision Blizzard which was pretty cool. Um, so pretty much right out of college, I ended up uh, traveling to a bunch of esports events uh, all across America um, and just really getting into esports there. Um, and I was really fortunate, I guess, back in 2009 when I was 15 because they used to fly me out to a lot of events back then. Um, and as a 15-year-old kid, being able to travel to America two or three times a year, it was a something to brag about um, <laughs> to my friends that used to call me nerds back at school. <laughs> so, awesome. uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And so you, you worked in game battles. Oh my gosh. It's a flash from the past. That's, that's <laughs> literally how I, how I started competing. I, I went uh, game battles on star Wars battlefront two and one and I played oh, nice. on those old games. And then Starcraft two came along and that was just kind of was it for me. That, that sealed the deal that I was officially an esports nut, but that's, that's, that's a crazy journey. And so how did you, did you just apply for the position within eSports Network as a content operations manager? Or did you just literally just like somebody was headhunting and found you and you're like, you know what, we're going to give you this job. <laughs> so I guess at the time I left Activision Blizzard and went to eSports Network, uh, Major League Gaming within the company was in a pretty rough spot. Uh, I guess it hasn't really been spoken much about in the media, but the original Major League Gaming crew who were based in Ohio, like uh, Adam Apicella and those kind of people, um, they were kind of dismantled by a new team from Blizzard that was going to take over all of our esports, like Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, that kind of thing. Uh, some of the crew that um, were a part of that crew were merged into the new crew that was being formed by Blizzard. But actually, a few of them um, were let go uh, maybe two or three weeks ago from the recent layoffs, which uh, kind of sucks. No, that's understandable. It's just, you know, that's the nature of, of the business, right? It's a lot of new businesses starting up. And unfortunately, just things happen and, and, and people are, are out of jobs. Like, you know, for example, me, I was working at a ESPN Dallas for the longest time. And all of a sudden, you know, they're like, contract's up. You're out of a job. Have fun, kid. I was like, well, yeah, thanks. Appreciate Appreciate the time, I guess. Yeah, it's rough. But uh, I guess I was uh, Mark from our CEO of Esports Network knew someone else on our team, Pavel, Pavel Mernikov, who is an amazing dude. Um, he was our VP of technology at Major League Gaming. Um, and he actually put me in touch with Mark personally um, and enticed me back into the world of production as a 
at the time, like I said, our team was kind of dismantled and we were working more on um, website operations. We were just kind of making sure that the website was up um, and occasionally working with the other Blizzard teams that were on um, streaming operations at the time. Um, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to get back into the world of uh, production and Mark enticed me with the Gamer Hour and Esports Network. So. And it is an excellent production, I'm sure. Most people tell you that. It's very cleanly, smoothly run, ran all across the board. Um, Justin, really quick, uh, you also have a pretty, you know, pretty nice resume, I might say, right? Not too shabby. Uh, you know, UC Irvine alum over here. Uh, you literally helped with, with the, uh, what's it called, the Rise Above Order RAD, that nonprofit focusing on mental health. You had a big contribution with them. How did you exactly fall into this realm of esports so for me it was uh also similar to natasha and i feel like most people nobody expects it at first i studied physics in college i graduated with that in my undergrad i realized as i was not even like halfway through the program physics is hard <laughs> so is a lot of science so is a lot of stem i don't know how people do it and i kind of started exploring different paths and internships especially internships. That's where I started here at Esports Network originally. Mm -hmm. While I was exploring, I realized, you know, this gaming thing I've been doing for like more than half my life. There's people who actually do this for a living. It's not just software development, as most people thought before. There's a whole industry to it. So I started exploring a little. In Irvine, there's a lot of opportunities. I didn't get the Blizzard opportunities, sadly. They're pretty big there. But I got an opportunity at Esports Network as an intern with a different team back then. I learned different aspects of editing, writing, digital marketing, and here we are now. It all started from an internship. Wow, I mean, that's always, you know, the, the benefit of, inter of internships sometimes, they're, they're a foot in the door and they help you out. And I'm glad you found your way onto it because if you didn't, I, I probably wouldn't be here, honestly. <laughs> and so uh, yeah, a little you're bit- You're a great guy. <laughs> no, I mean, a little bit of a backstory from, for people who don't know. Justin was actually the one who reached out to me to see if I was interested in hosting this show after, after Mitch Reams had made it known that he was leaving. And so I said, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll listen to these guys. I'll, you know, I'll say, sure. Why not? Let's uh, do this as on, on the side as a hobby, as a gig, you know? And it was like, Nope, you're doing three different podcasts all days of the week. Have fun kid. Here's uh, you know, a, diff a, a consistent paycheck and we'll, we'll talk to you later. And, and so without that, Justin probably wouldn't uh, have brought me on. So thank you for that. We knew you're a capable guy. I mean, I guess, <laughs> don't disappoint. I mean, my wife doesn't agree with that all the time, but you know, we still love her just the same. Aww. Nah, nah, nah. She's on baby duty right she's now. She's on baby so. duty. <laughs> I, I better not be talking smack if she's on baby duty. That is very true. So, uh, for the most part, N Natasha, what was your viewpoint on esports and and competitive gaming growing up before you got into involved in it? Actually, like from the outside looking in, was it just like a bunch of nerdy sweaty guys in the early to early mid 2000s pretty much just competing against each other or was it kind of something something more that you could see <laughs> yeah i mean i guess esports was never really a thing for me growing up until uh i discovered game battles at around 13 14 um it it was just more of me and my friends kind of playing on halo or call of duty um until we realized that people in america actually kind of take it seriously and play competitively um and we started making our own teams on game battles um 
and the it actually really shaped my interest that's why i volunteered for the site and uh, ended up working there but it was definitely never really a thing most people in the uk definitely thought it was a kind of a nerdy thing especially my my parents didn't really think that it was a thing that was going to take me very far in life i wasn't going to make a career out of it um some of my family definitely thought that as a girl i shouldn't be playing games or thinking about competitively playing in them at all so it was just uh it was kind of just something i think a lot of the time i just did on my own or uh with a very very niche set of friends that um also thought the same as me but i'm glad that i'm looking at my nieces and my nephews now and uh it's not really a nerdy thing to play video games anymore it's a lot of the time it's one of the cooler kids are doing so uh i mean <laughs> i wish i thought the same um I, sorry i'm going off on a tangent here yeah, that's okay. i wish i thought the same kind of uh way that the kids do now um that's kind of like, they, like, a normal, like it's a normal thing nowadays it's the mainstream not really a niche thing anymore yeah, they don't have to hide it. They don't have to feel like they're going to be bullied or picked on because they like Fable or <laughs> The Elder Scrolls or Final Fantasy, that kind of thing. It's just uh, it's really cool to see kids come out of their show and enjoy video games now. No, for sure. And, and so what do your parents, what do, what do your family think of what you do now? Are they proud? Are they impressed? They're like, wow, you actually made a career out of it. We were, we were wrong. Did they ever come at you with any, any comment like that? <laughs> when I first went over to America, um, my mom was and has always been really, really supportive. Um, she always, she was so proud. She worked as a teacher. Um, she unfortunately passed not long ago, but she worked as a teacher of the deaf. Um, and she used to always brag to the students that she worked with that uh, I worked on video games like Call of Duty, my names and Overwatch credits and that kind of thing. Um, so it used to give her, I guess, uh, street rep <laughs> in the playground <laughs> and she used to really enjoy boasting uh, to all of the kids about um, how I was in the esports scene um, my dad was a little less so he's a cop um, and he's been very stern on the fact that he thought that gaming is mainly just a hobby um, but I think he's definitely starting to see now um, that it's it's what I love. It's my dream. It's what I enjoy doing most. And uh, I guess he's just kind of whatever makes her happy, she can continue doing. And it's making her money, sir. So whatever. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> as long as we're paid. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> gotta, get, gotta get that cash. But I'm sure, exactly. I'm sure mom is, is still proud of you because, you know, I'm being, that's, a, that's a really, really sweet gig you got there. And it's just, uh, I didn't think I would ever be involved in this either. So I'm right there with you. It's, 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 crazy to me but uh <laughs> i'm glad we're all here today it's just, it's awesome um justin i mean same question i mean just uh how did you see esports growing up i mean for you it's a little bit more more recent more you know probably more entrenched in your psyche than than, than natasha growing up but you did you see competitive gaming growing up did you follow you know mlg uh the twitch streams from back in the day where competitive gaming was the norm or is it was it something that you never really thought of Dude, not at all. <laughs> Growing up, I didn't even know there was a competitive scene. The most I knew was, you know, as a Call of Duty Modern Warfare player, everyone talks, oh, I can't wait to join FaZe Clan when I grow up. That's the only <laughs> aspect I knew was, oh, there's this really big team called FaZe Clan. I guess they're good at what they do. 
Other than that, I only considered games as entertainment. It's just something you do as a hobby. And that kind of went into me until all the way like late collegiate where I realized, wait, there's this there's a lot to it. There's a whole industry in gaming and esports. It's not just team called Face Clan doing their thing. So for me, it was all the way in college when I realized I kind of want to get into this. This is some I've already love gaming. This seems like the industry that would be a perfect fit for me. Wow, that's just that's insane. You guys are both working for an organization covering the scene, and it's just uh, you pretty much later in life that you didn't discover it until like an actual career path. But man, that's that's such an interesting perspective for me. You know, it's just kind of uh, stuff. You know, kids, when they're growing up, they say, you know, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a policeman mm-hmm. or whatever. And then you don't hear kids. Well, nowadays, you hear kids, I want to be, you know, content creator. I want to be a YouTuber, a star. And it's just, <laughs> it's insane to me that that dichotomy is, is just so prevalent nowadays. It's just, wow. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm just glad it, it, it turned out, you know, <laughs> on our way instead of, uh, you know, somebody else's way. But this Times is just, have really changed. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And it's it's interesting that that a career path in esports was available to all of us. So now that, you know, you guys have been in the scene for a while, right? You guys have worked in it. You guys have developed, you know, networked in it, all that. What has your experience in the industry taught you or what has it changed you at all anyway? Let's start with you, Natasha. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a fast industry. Uh, It really doesn't stop for you night or day. I think there was a quote from Hex a few years ago where he said something similar. Um, this industry is 24-7, 365. It's a really rough industry, and it doesn't slow down for anybody. Uh, most days that we had events, a lot of us had to work 16 to 18-hour days for four to five days in a row. Um, and it was rough. We would be doing sometimes that 20 times a year. Uh, and often we would be having seasons where we would be doing it non-stop for I don't think one time I didn't have a break for three years straight I didn't have any vacation I had holidays of course but I didn't take any vacation off um we just didn't have the time (laughs) um and uh I mean sometimes you have to start the day at 3 a.m sometimes you have to start at 11 um it's just really rough um, but it's so worth it at the end of the event. I mean, in, in that kind of lifestyle, has that, has that changed your mentality at all? Or is it still kind of the, the same as it was when you started? Or is it, you know, has it just uh, been more different in terms of your day-to-day? Oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, uh, my, my previous jobs, I mean, I used to work in the film industry. Um, I used to be a camera operator, um, camera assistant a little bit with some work experience. Um, and th- I thought those days were rough. Those were like 12 hour days. And sometimes we'd be shooting in the desert. Uh, it'd be like 110 degrees. It'd be so hot. Be like, oh my gosh, this is rough. There can't be any worse of a day of a work day than this. And then I would get into events and I would lay on the bed <laughs> and be like, what have I gotten myself into? This is insane. And that would happen at least two or three times a year at an event where it would just be too much. There would either be a SWAT team with guns in our faces because there would be a bomb threat for one event. And it would just, the anxiety would completely go overboard. Um, And I guess that in a way has shaped me because at events, 
after that, I never really knew what to expect next. <laughs> there would always be a potential threat or uh, something that might happen. Um, but it's just, uh, it's definitely changed my way of thinking workdays. Like, uh, anything less than a 10-hour workday for me is easy. Like, thank, thank God it's less than a 10-hour workday. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, man, I i can't imagine just, just going through that, that day-to-day like that. That would destroy me today. I mean, maybe like five years ago, I would have been fine. No kids, no wife. I've been like, yeah, I could do, you know, 18-hour day. Why not? But now I'm just like, I'm exhausted at every waking moment. I'm just like, oh, I, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> but Justin, you were an aspiring physicist before you got into the scene. But now that you're in the scene, right, what has it taught you? And I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sure it's very different from your day-to-day as, as a, a, an undergrad physics student. But what has it taught you? How has it changed that perspective? That's kind of the big thing that I took away. It was that esports and gaming is open for everyone and especially right now where we're starting to delve into that in academia you know there's no strict major for esports or gaming in certain colleges i'm sure there are and there are some courses growing around in different you know facilities but for the most part you get into this industry without a direct connection i don't know how to word that properly you know you can't study to be in here it comes from a variety of other things I came in through physics, and I had zero direct relevancy. I mean, I'm an editor. I didn't study journalism. I I think I was a good writer. I wrote a research paper or so, but nothing for journalism news, uh, no graphic design experience before. I learned everything on the job through that internship and a little bit beforehand. I love that about esports is that it's completely inclusive. Anyone can get here. All it takes is experience. Doesn't mean it's easy. Of course, you still got to work hard. But you don't have to go to school, take a four-year degree, get a PhD. You know, you don't have to follow some sort of special two-year program. Right. There's, there's as no, long as you, there's no formula really to get into the scene. It's yeah, it's, yeah. It's not like you go to school, you get your degree, you apply to some firm somewhere, and you get the job. It's it's definitely more of a you're just gonna have to kind of finagle your way in like everybody else. <laughs> exactly, and I love that it gives everyone tech potentially an equal opportunity. Just you can start at any time and still get in here. I love that. No, for sure, and it's it's something that I wish more industries would aspire towards. But obviously, I mean, you can't just get can't be a lawyer and just kind of finagle your way into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for <laughs> but sure. Certain industries it should be a little bit more more open in that sense. But I mean, it's a new industry, and like you guys have mentioned, it's constantly changing. It's constantly evolving. What is something right now? you wish you could change about esports and how it's covered and, and, and seen? I mean, whether it's by people who look at it from the outside or how it works internally. What's something you wish you could change about esports? I mean, let's start with you, Justin. I think one thing, and Natasha touched on it, is the perception that it's just a temporary fad as, you know, like a gaming thing. It's just video games. Why work there? It's not a real thing. My family still does that. They're traditional from Southeast Asia. They're still all about me going to be a doctor or a lawyer somewhere. Working in gaming esports industry is still kind of a myth for them. And I think that's something that I look forward to changing. It's still evolving, man. This industry has been around less than 20 years for sure. Still growing. That's still young. 
and it's only starting to get bigger and publicized thanks to figures like like Ninja, who's a public streamer. Mm-hmm. He's huge. Kids, everyone, all the kids know about him. And people like him, other figures like Nateshot, whatnot, they're helping this industry get normalized so parents can accept that, help get youth more involved and support their passions, and it'll help us grow when we're normalized and accepted. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, Natasha, what would you change about the industry, whether it's how it's perceived or how it works on the inside? I think Justin absolutely touched point on uh, normalizing the industry a bit more, uh, having people think of us more as a, not just a hobby. <laughs> but uh, I think, to me personally, I guess it's just the amount of women in esports. <laughs> I probably met uh oh god so i was the only female streaming operations engineer at the time i was there for about six years um and the only other females that i met uh were on the operational website side of things um so i mean we absolutely need more women on um both on teams and behind the scenes I think that's something that will gradually happen anyway, especially since women aren't really teased anymore or thought as of, uh, I guess, unfeminine just for playing video games. Um, Video games really have no gender. (laughs) Uh, And I really have high hopes that we're going to get over that someday. Um, One of my greatest... uh, (laughs) I I really loved when Gaguri uh, joined the Shanghai Dragons. that feeling that I got just knowing that there was a female um, on the specific game that I was part of broadcasting and she was kicking so much ass at the time was awesome. I just, I, and then the next year when they won, oh my God, I was just so proud of just uh, the fact that, you know, females can be on a team. They can kick ass. We can win. Um, we can get the job done. It doesn't have to be completely male dominated. Um, I loved competing as a 15 year old girl. That's part of the reason why I joined MLG and game battles. I just, uh, I really hope that there are more teams that aren't just like completely all female because that's in itself like a niche thing. I really want mixed gender teams. Um, just having it normalized. There is no male teams. There are no female teams. It's just people competing. Just, uh, yeah. No, no, I, I, I agree. Like it's, it's, um, it's something that you know, something that I've thought about ever since I became a father to a baby girl. It's like, you know, in, in five, ten years, she's gonna be asking like, "What do you do for work, Dad?" And it's gonna be like, "Well, I, I worked in you know sports and esports broadcasting and media and stuff like that." And maybe she could see that and maybe take that, you know, to whatever kind of inspiration she wants to. And and totally, it's something I've thought about for like nonstop for the past five months or so, and it's just in the back of my mind every time that I see, um, you know, another female player called up to a team or something like that. And you're right. I think the mo- the more we talk about it, the more we make known like, Hey, why not? You can, we can, we can normalize, you know, girls on, on, you know, ma- uh, quote unquote male teams. They don't have to be, you know, uh, uh, a certain gender to be on a team and, and, and stuff like that. Why not? Why not just normalize mixed gender teams in the first place? Like you said, Gaguri, awesome that, that she was on uh, a championship squad. It's just amazing, yeah. and it's it's um, it's something we don't see often nowadays. You know, usually we see the the all female team tournaments, which are you know I'm I'm never saying no to those, 
But I, I wish. Oh, was, for sure. I, I wish it was more of a, a you know a, a Valorant team would call up a female player instead of making their own female Valorant squad. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. That's kind of what I wish it went for. It's just just mixed teams. I don't. I really don't feel there's a need to have a different, uh, you know, male competition or a female competition. I understand it in some sports events sometimes with athleticism, but seriously, it's just hands and brains and eye coordination and sometimes i mean in my personal opinion sometimes girls are better than boys at that kind of thing (laughs) so uh yeah so i yeah i really wish there were more mixed teams out there and hopefully soon oh i I love that actually on that note evil geniuses i think is the first like major north american team that came up with that they've got or at least recently for valorant just late january they announced their own mixed valorant roster yep so far, oh, man. male, female, male, yeah. female. Here they are with a mixed team, and I think that's huge to help invigorate the scene with what. Absolutely, one hundred percent. It's just like you don't you don't see that often from an organization like 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 what Evil Geniuses just did to literally come out with a mixed gender squad. That doesn't happen all that often, and it's and it's sad that it doesn't happen all that often. But I'm sure, like I said, with, within this decade, it'll become a normal thing where we have you know maybe not the amount we hoped we'd have but enough to be like we're improving we're getting more more females involved we're getting a lot more people involved and it's something that um you know i'm i'm, I'm hispanic and i'm sure uh justin as a southeast asian you understand this as well like in terms of people covering the scene it's like it's uh in press boxes normally i'm not and i'm not trying to call any anybody out here but it's kind of monotonous the kind of people you see covering the games covering these things and i don't see a lot of people like me out there uh, you know, holding a microphone at the time. I'm sure guys like Golden Boy, of course, I've had conversations with about covering the scene as a Hispanic person. And it's just, it's it's things like that that also kind of comes back uh, full circle with, with the inclusivity talk, you know? We need to have more people out there. And it's something that um, I hope we see within this decade as well. I mean, it's it's a lot of things I have, I have high hopes for esports in the next decade. But I think for, for a, a quote-unquote newborn scene, it's something that we could really, really uh, grow on. I think we're going to hit it pr- for sure in this decade because thankfully esports is totally global. There are teams all over. It mixes around. Companies got teams in all over the world. We're going to for sure this decade is going to be the time to diversify. So, I mean, that, that kind of hits on my next question for you guys. I was going to ask you guys, Ooh, what, is the, what does the future of esports look like for you? But I think we've, we've hit the, uh, the, the personable philosophical side of it a little bit more. But in terms of, you know, technicalities, let's see, uh, do people, I mean, are, are these organizations now, right? Are they turning into more of just content media farms or are they turning into full-blown teams still? What do you guys think uh, esports will look like in the future? Will we still have, you know, FaZe Clan in Call of Duty? Are we going to have FaZe Clan YouTube team or something like that, you know, some some different kind of content farms out there that um, we don't really see even regular professional sports teams accomplish, right? What does it look like for you? Honestly, my answer, I'm not sure. (laughs) I think a big reason a lot of teams have been hitting that content side recently, and we see that in teams always looking to sign streamers for the past like year or so. Envy just signed a a Call of Duty streamer. I forgot his name, but (laughs) they announced it, I think literally this morning. And they've been making waves with Botez Live a couple months ago. 
they have have XQC. Right? That was Luminosity, my bad. <laughs> but the point is, <laughs> there are major streamers signed to teams, and I think the monetization there is a big part of where the direction is going. It's just a, another new opportunity for teams to hit the next trend. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they start looking at something like OnlyFans eventually. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta look where you can for the next trend. <laughs> Ride the wave. Keep the flow and the momentum. I, I Team's got to go do I the work. You. I got you. Um, <laughs> I got the press release right here. Team MV signed uh, Tyler TP, the Call of Duty uh, Warzone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Natasha, how about you? Do you see OnlyFans in the in in the in the <laughs> periphery of e of esports in the future? Or do you think it's going to be um, how would I say it? Uh, it's going to be more shows like the Gamer Hour. It's going to be more kind of like um, not a traditional TV uh, television network, but more like uh, just a, a streaming network, right? Maybe is that something we could see in the future of esports? I can already think of a couple esports players that would happily sit in a pair of speedos for a few dollars <laughs> playing video games on OnlyFans. But I do think that teams recently have started to begin to understand that tournaments aren't the only way that they can monetize off their players, that they can get players, create content um, on and off uh, stream mainly like on places like Twitch and YouTube. Uh, and a lot of the, um, I guess, revenue that comes back comes back towards the teams. Optic Gaming have been doing an amazing job at this. I mean, you can take players like Scump, for example, who have been doing an amazing job on Twitch. Mm -hmm. um, not even just playing in tournaments in the Call of Duty League. He's been playing... Um, with the rest of his teammates uh, and kicking ass almost every single day. Um, and I think that the fact that teams are understanding this um, will, I guess, create even more content. I mean, we already see teams creating content houses. Um, and I think more of them are going to grow. Some of our commentators from esports leagues have begun to understand this. You get courage who drop from being a commentator to an esports. Um, I mean, he played a bit of Fortnite. Now he just mainly just messes around on and off stream. But he damn well sure makes more money now than he did um, within the esports scene itself. Um, just playing tournaments and, I guess casting tournaments so i feel like teams it's never gonna go any away sorry i'm rambling again no, no, <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically teams are gonna continue to uh sign these content creators these content guys and, and girls of course and pretty much monetize them in their streams that's how it works you know they sign you sign yep. them to a contract for however, however many long years i guess and then you would just pretty much use them to kind of peddle your merchandise pedal your sponsors stuff like that and it's just it, it's that's what the future looks like for teams in terms of another angle of profit they could go for of course i think competitive teams will always be there will still be there but at some point i, I definitely i think these these content creation uh i guess platforms will just only increase for these teams i mean some of them are a big risk too i mean you have people like xqc who was playing in overwatch league at the time and i think ended up saying something off tournament in a twitch stream and uh just that ended up getting him dropped from all tournaments within i think it was uh dallas fuel yes, yes. yeah I so. was here when i was covering that that was fun times fun times with dallas <laughs> fuel that year. um 
and then just just going back to to that point, I mean, that's not exclusive to esports by any means. That, that also goes oh, definitely. For, for sports, for politicians, for you know <laughs> executives. If you say something untowards on social media, you're going to get you know uh, a little bit of a little bit of, of fire for it. But you write. Oh yeah. Let's be very clear. But uh, uh, you had Natasha. Sorry about that. Sorry, I think it's just a little bit more risky, I guess, for. Uh... The gaming scene, because uh, so many of the, there are so many cancellations and cancel culture, and so many things where people say, XQC will say something, for example, uh, and you know he will be thrown out of a tournament, thrown out of a team for a year. There's just so much risk, and he is thrown into a scene where that's just how he's. I say that's how he's grown up, but that's just like the people who he plays with or it's just such a toxic culture there's so much more risk within i think some of these gaming kids Mm -hmm. that think that it's cool to say or do some of these things when obviously and clearly it's not um yeah i think it's just a huge risk (laughs) but a lot worse than some of these sports players and some of these sport players are also just kind of awful as well. Oh yeah, <laughs> there, was that, there was that basketball player a few a week ago or so. He he said an anti-Semitic slur on oh uh, on Myers Leonard. Oh yeah, no, Myers Leonard literally just and he got heck he got I think I kicked out of Phase Clan for it too. A bunch of stuff happened. Oh. So that's just kind of he still has a platform because he's a you know an athlete, but online he's pretty much just been completely just uh, owned on Twitter. <clears throat> but anyways, guys, uh, kind of have to wrap up a little bit now just a little bit a little tiny bit not too much the car ride is coming to a slow slow stop so keep your seatbelts on for a little bit longer wait till the vehicle comes to complete stop and i'll ask you to take off your seatbelts but um lastly just really quick um what does esports mean for you guys is it a career is it um more than just that is it you know something that can change and evolve the world we see what does esports mean for you and let's start with natasha no, it's absolutely a career. It's a dream. It's more than a hobby. It's something you do or can do every day. Uh, I mean, it really is my life. I've loved video games ever since I was two or three. My dad got me on a computer and my mom got me on a SNES. <laughs> so video games are a huge part of my life. And I hope that they never, ever uh, leave. <laughs> I think... Esports and video games are just b- going to become bigger, better. <laughs> Justin, you go. <laughs> you know, kind of similar to that. I think okay, uh, American media, growing up here in the states, career is seen as a nine-to-five office job. That's your ideal, you know. Mm-hmm. Esports changes that. Not only is it more flexible, but that's not when things happen. You don't have a tournament happening in a nine-to-five in the weekdays. This stuff always happens in the weekend. We got to work on the weekends to do our job. And it kind of turns into a little more of a lifestyle to be here. And I still love it. I still think it's part of the passion here. Uh, not only because, you know, we're all gamers. This is what we enjoy doing. But it's a thrill of a, a totally new thing. We're not here doing white-collar work at 11 p.m., 11 a.m. on a Monday morning. We're working Saturday evening covering a really hype tournament. There's a lot more to this, and I think it's amazing. Guys, I could not have said it better myself. I mean, you guys said every question I had out of the park, and 
unfortunately, the car ride is coming to an end. So, guys, I want to thank you for coming on. Oh, darn. I know, right? Oh, darn. <laughs> it's the unfortunate truth, but thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate it. My, my new coworkers, I could say, coming on and kind of telling me what the business is around esports nowadays and what it means to them and how they've experienced it from their perspective. And it's just awesome stuff, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here. Um, Esports Network. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, uh, Justin, you write stories, esportsnetwork.com. You guys can uh, check out his stories there. Any socials you guys want to throw out really quick? Man, Uh, I've been trying to figure out the right social handle for me for (laughs) for months. For now, you can follow me at Twitter, at GreatOtool. Link will be in the podcast website. Yep. And you can follow me at Twitter at NatashaJack7 or on Instagram, which is just at NatashaJack. Awesome. You can catch Natasha's work all the way on um, Gamer Hour, right? To get, you're, on, you're on the credits there. Yes, please follow the Gamer Hour. We've, uh, we just reached, I think it's 25K, 26K followers on TikTok. So please, if you have TikTok, follow us on TikTok's TikTok. TikTok's popping. Pop in. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice, guys. Thank you for coming on. Uh, Justin Amin, Natasha Manger, awesome stuff, guys. Uh, Again, I'll post all their stuff in the podcast description. Check them out online. That is me, Kevin Correa, signing off from the Esports Network. (laughs) 